Hello, and welcome to The Stop Line, and we're your co-hosts, Emmett Ross and Oliver Knight. guys welcome to today's friday episode don't forget check out the statlines website i'll put the link in the episode description and um if you guys have anything to send in listener mail anything like that you guys can send that into the statline podcast at gmail.com and um don't forget to hit the subscribe button wherever you're listening to the statline on whether that's anchor apple podcast stitcher spotify or more let's get started with the nfl part how's that sound uh, with our top five QBs, we'll go five, five, four, four, etc., like we normally do with our list. Number five, I have Aaron Rodgers. You know, he he was a good quarterback last year. He won the MVP. Not that good. Um, just kidding. And I think that you know he's expected to leave the Packers, but I think he'll be still really good for whatever team picks him up. And I think he might drop just a little bit. You know, age, different team stuff like that. But I still think he'll be top five. Oliver, who do you have at number five? Uh, I have Ryan Tannehill. So I feel like they're going to be a little bit more dominant in the passing game this season. Uh, only because uh, only because they're getting Julio Jones. I, I just forgot his name for a second. Uh, but yeah, only because they're getting Julio Jones. And A.J. Brown is going to be a second year. He has that one year under his belt. And he did he did just fine. In that uh, first first year, um, so now that they got Julio Jones, I feel like uh, with Derrick Henry, yeah, you still you still focus more on the run game, except you can throw in a little bit more play action than uh, last season, and uh, I feel like they're going to be a little bit more uh, like uh, like like passer like dominant almost like they're gonna have a better passing season than they did last year and they had a just fine passing season um so yeah i just feel like they're gonna do it even better um but yeah that's my number five Emmett, what's your number four at number four i have josh allen i think that you know he was really good last year i think that he'll only improve i mean there's no reason to dislike him Everything about him is pretty good, whether it's his running game. Um, he can do that. You know, he has a great wide receiver group, Stephon Diggs, one of them. And, you know, they're, they're showing no signs of um, not improving, I guess. This weird way I'm putting it, but, you know, that it's true. Oliver, who's your number four? Um, just to ask, do you know any other Buffalo wide receivers? Um, Cole Beasley, but I don't like him. One, one more. Um, that's a great. I one. don't know the wide receiver number three, man. 
Um is a great wide receiver core, Emmett. Um, so, anyway, for number four, uh, I have Russell Wilson. And um, I, feel, I don't really feel like anyone else is really worthy for this spot than Russell Wilson. Um, you know, there's a couple QBs that pop in your mind. Yeah, they might be good. But I felt like Russell Wilson might be worthy for this spot. Um, and I just feel like uh, he could have a good season. They usually start off the season strong, uh, the first half of the season. Uh, and then they hit a roadblock. So after that, they're just going to need to uh, kind of push past that roadblock, if you will, uh, and just kind of... Uh, you know, power through the second half of the season and win as many games as they did in the first half, which I think last year they went 7-1 and one in the first eight games, and the second half of the season they went like 4-4 four and four or something like that. I don't know their exact record or uh, how it all went down, but yeah, they lost to the Giants, and that takes skill, and uh, I don't think they want that to happen again. So, yeah, I feel like they got Russ at number four. There's going to be a little bit more drive in that O-line. So I feel like he can find his wide receivers um, because he'll have more time in the pocket. Emmett, who's your number three? Um, I like that uh, with Russell Wilson and the Seahawks. Yeah, I know you need, as a Falcons fan, I know you need both halves of the season. Um, so for number three, I have Lamar Jackson. Um, His running game, some people will – discredit saying like why does a quarterback need to run you just need a good arm you have a running back and then you have like two running backs you know his wide receiver group has always never been elite or even that good and so for the ability to run is really good for him is necessary for the ravens but i think that if the ravens you know got a better wide receiver that it would improve the lamar jackson and the ravens so much that you know they they'll definitely take number one in the AFC South and could even take number one in the AFC. So that's what I have for my number three. Oliver, who's your number three? Uh, I'm just going to make a comment. Uh, Lamar Jackson, uh, uh, he's a he's a great dual threat quarterback. Uh, you know, one second he's in the pocket, the other second he's 10 yards up the field, you know. Or he's already thrown the ball uh, to a, a great wide receiver or tight end. Um but uh, Lamar Jackson, what I would do in Madden, I'm, I'm no offensive, I mean defensive coordinator. What I would do in Madden to try to keep him contained, I mean, it's not foolproof. I haven't tried it yet. Uh, it's to do a QB spy play where you have a linebacker or two. Just watch the QB. And if it runs, they collapse. But if he throws it, then he throws it, I guess. You just have to hope the coverage is good enough. Um or just run like a zone play against Lamar Jackson, because uh, that should be helpful for uh, preventing him to run, but also covering a pass. Um, that's just a tip for Madden. I mean, for not for my number three, I got Tom Brady. Uh, he's the goat. Uh, he won a Super Bowl last season. I feel like number three is very respectable. Uh, I feel like he can only go up from this position, maybe. Um, just because he has that drive, that energy, uh, that will to win. Uh, he's a winning quarterback. Um, I've just felt like there's some more talent on another level than he is at um, for taking up the two-in-one spots. Um, but, Emmett, who is 
your number two. Mine is also Tom Brady. I have him here because I think that he, you know, he's one of the best. Um, he's still one of the best throwers. Um, quarterbacks, not throwers. <laughs> throwers. Um, he's one of the best. Uh, I guess yeah, I guess throwers works. Um, one of the best quarterbacks at throwing it. You know, he does. He's old. You know, he doesn't have that running ability. Where he doesn't really need it. Um, they have a, the Tampa Bay Bucks have a really good wide receiver core, so I think that you know he should be able to do good like he always has, and I, I don't see him really dropping off the season at all. And he's still, I think, maybe one of maybe the best um, quarterback at throwing in the NFL. Oliver, who do you have at number two? Um, my number two is Josh Allen. Uh, he is a great young quarterback. Uh, he makes great reads on the field, I feel like. Uh, he improvises with, obviously, not the best wide receiver core. Um, I feel like Tampa Bay or even some other teams have, like, a, like Green Bay have a pretty solid wide receiver core, or Tennessee, um, they have some pretty solid wide receivers. Um, but I feel like it's all about the plays that you have and the QB reads. And Josh Allen has great QB reads and awareness. Um, I just feel like he's a great overall player. He's just maybe... I, I, I based his decision at putting him number two based on his potential for this season. And that's why I put him above Tom Brady. Uh, his potential, but if we do this again, uh, I, you know, depending on who's performing and who's not, I'll, I'll change it around. Um, but yeah, that is my number two, and I think we both have the same number one, so Emmett, you want to reveal the number one? No surprises. Here is Patrick Mahomes. You know, he has that running ability, but you know, he also might be the best passer in the NFL, he, he's very accurate downfield, too. Something, you know, Brady, he's good downfield, but he's mostly, you know, mid, middle of the field. Short pa- uh, short passes. I think Mahomes maybe has a step up on Brady just because uh, he can run, too. And I think that the Chiefs, you know, have the best offense in the NFL. So that's why I have him at number one. Oliver, who do you have at number one? Patrick Mahomes, <laughs> um, but I have Patrick Mahomes. He's more of a, you know how most people are pocket passers. Well, I feel like Mahomes is an out of pocket passer, um, or at least he likes to do it that way. Uh, and you know, you just give it to Travis Kelsey for a four yard curl, and you'll get a first down in three plays. Um, but yeah, so they have a pretty basic offense. And basic turns out to be stellar um, when you have uh, people as good as Patrick Mahomes. Um, anyway, we are on to our next topic. Emmett, do you want to introduce it? Yep. Uh, Demarius Thomas, Broncos wide receiver, retired. He had been wide receiver number one for the Broncos for quite a while. So that means uh, I almost said Judge Judy. Jerry Judy. Or That's his name, right? Mm-hmm. Judge Judy. Yes, which is a TV show. 
I don't know his name. What's his name? Jerry Judy, right? Is no, that it? No. no, what is it? Judge Judy. No, no, no. The wide receiver name. The rookie loud here. Oh my god, what's his name? Uh, wait, no, it might be Jew Judy. It's not Jew Judy. It's, it's Jerry, Judy. Jerry Judy. Okay. No, it's Jerry Judy. No, yeah. no it's not. <laughs> no, you're trying to mess me up. We, yeah. we are recording right now, people. Um, So, I think he'll, he'll take over as wide receiver number one. We'll see who takes over as wide receiver number two. Um, They, they don't really have, I don't think. Yeah, oh, yeah they do. Cortland Sutton. Okay. He's number one. Jerry okay. Judy is like number two or three at least. Okay. Well, he was good for a couple of years for the Broncos. You know, he 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 was really solid, and he was he was four time Pro Bowler. Uh, it was a good career, man. He he did good. Uh, that's all I have. Oliver, who do you have? Oh uh, no, who do you have? Sorry. Uh, well, my I have thoughts. Um, yep, that's what I meant to say. Uh, but Demarius Thomas. Um. I'd say he's definitely not in his prime right now. Um, I feel like it's good that he retired as a Bronco. Uh, that's where he played his greatest years. Uh, I guess he played his whole career there. Um, but he he had a great career. Um, I think he even played a little bit last year. I don't know, really. We'll have to double check that. He did. Uh, yeah, because they had a ton of injuries uh, offensively in the wide receiver core, specifically. Um, that's where it hurt him most. Um uh, but yeah, so he has still a career. He was definitely not in his prime, I'll say that. He's had better days. Um, but yeah, it was a great career for him. So to finish off the NFL half of today's show, um, the Washington football team was fined $10 million after a culture investigation and Dan Snyder is off day-to-day duties. Um, you know, I think that this is really necessary. Uh, it seems that Dan Snyder isn't a good person from what I've seen, and you know, I think that that that's really all I have. Um, Oliver, what do you have to say about this? Uh, nothing much, actually. Okay. Well, that ends this half of today's show, and we'll see you next. Um, we'll see you after the break, right here on the Stat Line. Welcome to the NBA part of today's show. We're going to start with our NBA recaps as we often do. We're going to go all the way back to, um, I think it would be Tuesday, the 29th, where the Hawks beat the Bucks 110 to 88. For us on this game, uh, you know, Trey Young was out this entire game. And the Hawks didn't have to rely on him. And their defense really stepped up, you know, on Giannis. They were guarding him really well the entire game up until he got injured. They knew they um, expected, you know, what was going to happen, um, what, he, what his moves were going to be. And, you know, they just had really good defense. They held Chris Middleton um, to not not as many points as he normally gets. 
Uh, it was just a complete domination. Let's not forget how good Lou Williams did, who was the stat line player of the game for that game. He um he did really good on all ends, and it was his first ever playoff start. So that's that's my recap. Oliver, what's your recap? Uh, well, oh. well, it, sorry Technical for difficulties. <laughs> yeah, I forgot to turn on my mic. Um, but it seemed as though the Bucks got absolutely demolished, and the Hawks kind of took over that game. Um, it seemed as though uh, they kind of kind of, like, relaxed, the Bucks did, uh, and let it kind of game plan for Trey Young not being there. Um, but this changes the whole series now, uh, that the Milwaukee Bucks do not have Giannis, uh, and they probably won't have him for the finals if they make it. Um, and this tied the series 2-2. Two to two. This is very big for the Atlanta Hawks, and I'm going to be I'm happy to see, well, I'm going to be eager to see how the Milwaukee Bucks uh, rebound after this. Oh, box. actually, they played yesterday. I know. We'll recap this. Yes, exactly. We're recapping it, but we just have to think like we're in that day. Yep. Okay. Okay. I see. We're going. Okay. So we're going to go to Wednesday's game, Suns Clippers, and this is a complete, um, I guess, just killing of the Clippers. Um, Annihilation? Annihilation, that's the word I'm looking for. Um, you know, Chris Ball, he put up 41 points. I'm not sure what Devin Booker put up, but I'm sure it's close to that. Uh, Chris Paul, um, yeah, he, he did really good. He really stepped up. He was Once he was hitting his shots, like the last couple of games, he just wasn't hitting his shots. Um, he, he, I guess he was kind of rusty. But, you know, once I saw him hit a couple of shots, I'm like, man, this game's over. I think that, you know, a reason that the Clippers lost was, of course, their defense. It hasn't been very good all season. Um, and, you know, they don't really have a solid number five. I know Marcus Morris, he's good, um, but I think he's more of a true power forward or shooting uh, or small forward. I don't think they really have a true center. And, you know, they really need that. Yeah, it's needed when you're going up against a team like the Suns, which, you know, they don't have great defense, so you got to put up, but they have good offense, so you got to put, you got to match up their points, and, um, you know, I, I don't get some of the hate that, you know, Paul George is getting from this game, you know, without Kawhi Leonard, he was doing his best, you know, he put up like 40 points a game in this series, he did as best as he could, you know, but I just don't get the hate he's getting, um, that's my reaction to this game. Oliver, what's yours? Well, for your information, Emmett, the Clippers have DeMarcus Cousins and Ivan Zubak. And those uh, are two centers. Marcus Morris is not. I know, but you're saying you don't think the Clippers have any true centers? I mean, Ivan Zubak is good, but uh, DeMarcus Cousins is a true center. DeMarcus Cousins? Yeah. 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 Our Okay, whatever. I uh, I don't know. I think they need like a big. I I prefer Marcus Cousins as a power forward. Anyway, really? Yeah. What What are you saying? I'm saying that um, it was definitely a defensive issue for the Clippers. That is their main flaw. It just sucks that Phoenix has um, crazy good offense. They're uh, they they play 
to the end, definitely. Um, but, yeah, I feel like the Clippers, it was a good run for them. They have better than they did last year, and hopefully they can keep improving and get to that final stage where they can finally become true champions. Okay, and then also in this game, Patrick Beverly is where the shove happened. And I think that Patrick Beverly, he's worked so hard in his career to get where he is just to fight for his career. You know, I'm not saying that's acceptable as highly unsportsmanlike, but, uh, you know, I think that he feels that he has to continue fighting, say, Scrappy, but uh, it wasn't a good decision as unsportsmanlike. But, uh, you know, he, he, he's been in a tough situation all his career having to fight for and all that. So that's, um, I think that's our complete reaction to that game. Let's go into our last one, which is Thursday. Bucks Hawks, um, one hundred twenty-three to one hundred twelve. So that happened yesterday. I only caught like the first half of this game. You know, Bogdan Bogdanovich. You know, he, he couldn't really help them out in the first half, and the Bucks really just got going and didn't look back. You know, Brook Lopez he did really good without Giannis. You know, he was he he didn't really have to play that shooting uh, center type player. Um. He was just able to dominate in the post over a smaller Clint Capella. But I think that the stat line, oh yeah, for Suns Clippers, stat line player of the game was Chris Paul. Uh, I think that the stat line player of the game for this game was Chris Middleton. I feel that he, you know, just as good as Brooke Lopez did, which he did awesome. I think that Chris Middleton, um, I think he just did better. Um, you know, this, you know, killer spin move. And I think that, you know, he, he just helped them out more, the series um, in general. Uh, and I think that, you know, he might have been more important for this game. I think that, you know, it wouldn't have, it would have been a lot closer without Chris Middleton. So that's my reaction to this game. Oliver, what's yours? Well, um, I completely agree with you on Chris Middleton getting a, uh, that stat line privilege award or oh, not privilege award. Uh, just but, award just yeah, award just award um it was a privilege to have it i'm assuming yeah uh, we might have to talk face to face with him as you know we are very popular you know um, ten thousand dollar award yeah. you know two 12 year olds giving a meaningless award a plaque <laughs> anyway uh it might just be a sheet of paper out there that says good job it's just yeah there's like a little certificate that says you want that line player of the game. <laughs> oh wow, I didn't know that. Um, anyway, so much of Anyway, uh, that was awkward sound. So yeah, <laughs> Chris Middleton. Awkward silence. Uh, he uh, he has a great m- mid range. I'll say that uh, he can turn around and knock that down that mid range. Um, but. I don't think, I think Clint Capella, isn't he bigger than Brooks Lopez? I don't think anyone's bigger than Brooks Lopez. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, he's not, I think Clint Capella is like six, nine. He's seven. Uh, I don't know, you continue talking, I'll search it up. Okay, but I'm pretty sure uh, Brooks Lopez is like two inches shorter than Clint Capella. Uh, but my recap is that it seems like the Bucks rebounded really well. After that tough, uh, tough loss, we'll see how they do tonight, which I'm pretty sure they're playing. Today is Friday. They play Thursday, so I think it's back-to-back games. Emmett, did you get the evidence? Yep. Um, Clint Capella is 6'10". 
Brooke Lopez is seven foot. So, yeah. Well, I got the two inches right, but wrong, wrong people. So, guys, uh, let's see. Um, so some games that you can catch on Monday. We have uh on Saturday. We so that's tomorrow. Bucks Hawks. They play game six, and then if necessary, Monday game seven. Winner of that series will play the Suns in the NBA oh. Finals. And that leads us to our final segment of today's episode. Um, what are the Suns' chances against whatever team? So I'll say, hypothetically, the Bucks win. It looks like the Bucks are going to win. Okay. What are the Suns' chances against the Bucks? Over 50% for either team, I believe. Uh, they can match him down low. They can match their intensity. Uh, and they have the will to win. And they have great outside shooters. They match the Bucks in every phase of the game. So I feel like uh, the Suns have an over 50% chance just because I feel like their players are better. Um, so, yeah, the Suns have an over 50% chance. Under 60 uh, because the Bucks have a, still have great chemistry, great chances. Um, they'll at least win one game. So I believe the Bucks have like a like a forty three percent chance. I mean, forty seven percent chance of winning. And uh, the Suns have like a fifty three. I mean, that's hypothetically. I think that you know the Bucks actually stand a really good chance against the Suns. So don't count them out because. You know, if Giannis is healthy, then we'll just assume Giannis will be able to play after like game one or game two because I saw something that he might be he was he might be able to play for game five, but he wasn't able to. It was like a game time decision. I think you know he'll probably be healthy by by then, so we'll just assume he's healthy by game one. Okay. You know, I think Giannis and Brooke Lopez are a lot better than DeAndre Ayton and Jay Crowder. So they have that, but the Suns have the guard advantage. Well, it'll, it'll just depend. I think it might be 50-50. But, you know, with the Hawks, I don't think Clint Capella, the forwards, are quite as good. The guards for the Hawks might be able to go toe-to-toe with the Suns guards, but, you know, I think that they'll just get dominated in the post if they play. That's really been the Hawks' weak spot this entire uh, season. It's just been their post-defense. Oliver, what do you think about the Hawks? Well, I feel like uh, they don't stand as great of a chance as the Bucks, uh, And uh, I feel like the Suns, um, they have a pretty decent shot of winning if they're versing the Hawks. Because um, they can match them in every phase of the game, except they... Well, they, they they exceed the Hawks. Uh, they they're just a much better team than the Hawks. Uh, it's it's as simple as that. Um, I feel like the, that in in the post, like you mentioned, Emmett, that uh, not only do the Suns have Jay Crowder, but oh wait, no, that is their. Never mind. I was thinking of the Hawks. Um. But yeah, I feel like uh, the Suns will be a little bit more physical in the post. Uh, it, it'll be fun to watch DeAndre Ayton go up against Clint Capella. But DeAndre Ayton's a great uh, post player. I think they should get him a little bit more involved. Um, he should score at least over 20 points. 
uh, each game. Uh, but that is my, uh, well, I'll give a percentage here. I think uh, the Suns will have a 60% chance of winning-ish, and the Hawks will get like a 40. That's that's just me, though. Okay. Okay, yeah. Um. So I think that wraps up today's show. Don't forget to send in uh, your mail to thestatlinepodcast at gmail.com. Hit the subscribe button to the statline or whatever you're listening to us on right now. Um, yeah, don't forget to check out the Statline's website and listen to the next episode of The Statline. Music is created by Four Seasons Compelled and yours really managed by Oscar Ross.